Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. Welcome to this segment of Law and Reality. Today's topic is the failure to pay your business's payroll taxes. It's a tough one. Jenny Lingo, good morning. Hi, Ken. Good to be here today. Jenny, we're going to need you. You're our tax expert, and we're going to be talking about payroll taxes and a business that's in trouble, so you you got to be sharp. Do All I, right, do I'm I get ready. You? Brian Small, always sharp and dapper. How are you, Brian? <laughs> Apparently dapper and sharp this morning. I, I, I do have one question. How come this show doesn't have a really nifty title like most of them do? Because payroll taxes is a serious issue, and it requires a solemn approach. So I didn't want to have any jingle or any snazz to it. It's just a serious topic that we need to develop and provide the correct information to help business people that are in trouble. So what you're saying is, is you were too tired when you were writing the outline to come up with a new title. Exactly. (laughs) You're 100% right. Here's the situation. Jerry owns a pizzeria and a Coney Island. He's behind in his payroll taxes for both businesses. Total sum that he owes is $75,000. The pizzeria, he's behind from 2017, 40000 He didn't pay the taxes for the second and third quarters. In 2018, he owes 10000 from the fourth quarter. The Coney Island, he's behind for 2018, quarters two and three, $25,000 total. I got, I got two questions for you. One. Does Jerry have a cardiologist on staff because owning a pizzeria and a Coney Island is I can feel my arteries hardening as I'm as we're talking. Jerry Moderation Brian. Jerry is under the care of an internist who recommends and refers him to a cardiologist as needed. And then the the actual question is, is and I want to just start off with with Jenny. He's got two different businesses that each owe payroll taxes is the IRS have does the IRS have the ability to go to business A to recover payroll taxes from business B and business B to recover payroll taxes from business A in other words is is it open season on both businesses when you owe the IRS money and you don't pay them that's a little complicated uh, of a question, Brian, because the answer is if you're running your businesses appropriately using the accepted principles of accounting, then the answer is no. Now, if you're doing what a lot of small business owners do, which is transfer money back and forth between companies to pay bills, then yes, that may be a possibility. Not, not only that, let's assume if he has ABC Corporation and he has a DBA for Jerry's Pizzeria and a DBA for Jerry's Coney Island, then both restaurants are part of one corporation, and then they certainly could in that circumstance as well. Typically, they they would not, though. The the IRS would look to do it the simplest way, which would be to work both cases separately. And let's assume as we go forward that Jerry has two separate companies. One owns the pizzeria, one owns the Coney Island, and we're going to talk about choice of entity to operate a business as, as we go through the material. But first question is this, Jenny. Explain what a payroll tax is compared to income tax. Sure. So when a business owner has employees, he pays them wages, i.e. they get their paycheck. And on their paycheck, there's Social Security, Medicare, 
federal withholding and state tax withholding that comes out of the employee's check. And then there is the matching for the Social Security and the Medicare that the employer adds to that pot to send to the IRS. Now, that's your payroll tax returns. Now, your income tax returns are when you um, are in, your wages. receive a W-2 or a, a 1099 and you prepare your annual 1040 return that is due without extension on April 15th. Or, or your K-1s from Correct. a partnership. All of those things that go into it. So wait, a simple question. I, I'm, I own the business. Can't I just avoid all these employment taxes, this matching and FICA and all this other stuff? Can I just pay everybody and tell and call them an independent contractor and give them a 1099? No, Brian, you can't. There is a test that you have to look at in determining whether someone is an independent contractor or an employee. And I would say that the majority, based on um, a typical protocol in a restaurant, are going to be uh, employees. Yeah, Brian, you're asking a great question because a lot of people do exactly that. They don't want to have any payroll, they don't want to have employees, so they treat him as a 1099 as an independent contractor. The problem is this. It's like the IRS has like a 12-point balancing test, test, and it really comes down to control. To the extent that you control and direct the person, that leads to the conclusion that they're an employee and they should be be paying wages versus that they're totally independent. They can come and go as they please. They don't have to work any set hours. They don't really take a lot of direction. They bring their own tools to to work. That moves in the direction of an independent contractor. When you're talking about running a pizzeria or a Coney Island, everybody working there is going to be an employee. So the difference in a more uh, casual explanation, uh, if you're a waiter or a waitress in a Coney Island, you're likely to be construed as an employee. Absolutely. But if, even but, but, if, but if you are the guy who's the installer for multiple kitchen companies and you have your own, you're, and you're there, you get hired by company one to, to install cabinets on day one and company three to install cabinets then on you're day three, you're an, you're an independent contractor. Or, or, or take the IT guy. Okay. You hire, you, you have a business and you have an IT guy who provides, takes care of your computers, but he does it for 20 different companies and he bills you hourly for his services. Shows up he when he wants shows to. Shows up when he wants to. Yeah, and he never Can never shows replacements. Wait, in fact, never shows up when you want him to. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the truth about every company. <laughs> and but, then okay. that guy's an independent contractor. Okay, if he, but but for, that independent contractor company may have its own employees. Absolutely, that he, they have to pay wages and yes. have to keep withholding taxes. So now, while you're on the topic, then and then we'll move on. Is when people make the mistake of treating their employees as independent contractors, they're exposing themselves as the employer to a major tax problem because at some point those employee those people that are really employees who are being treated as independent contractors go and can complain to the government and that'll cause an audit and then the government comes in and imposes all those payroll well, taxes Ken, on the employee. Even if the employees are not complaining, oftentimes what happens is at some point every business gets audited. It's it's just kind of a fact of life. Every business gets audited and at that point in time when the auditor comes in and does a review, at that point in time they're going to make that determination. So it's not always an act of someone else that I'll did 
betrayal. something. Not always an right. act of betrayal. It, you know, it's, it's just as simple as your books got audited for whatever reason for that year, and then all of a sudden you have an employment uh, tax audit as well. All right. So the, the, the point here, and then let's move on, is if they are employees, they should be treated as employees. You need to take out their withholding taxes and pay them in and and, and, and do all the proper things, file your payroll tax returns. But Jerry now, hasn't. What's, what? Well, Jerry has filed his returns. The problem is he hasn't paid in the money. Now, why does that happen? Well, what, Jenny, why, why do people fall behind in their payroll well, taxes? If, if they know they're not supposed to do that, why, why does it happen? It, usually it happens uh, because there's limited funds. It's not that someone's greedy and they're using the money for themselves. Oftentimes, um, they're forgoing their own paycheck, but they want to keep their people employed. They still have to pay the suppliers because if you don't pay for the food, then your restaurant's not going to run. And the IRS takes longer to catch up with you uh, than your suppliers do or your employees do when they don't get their paycheck. See, what happens is... the you're running your business. Business isn't that good. The volume, you know, you, there's competitors. The, the traffic is slow. But every month, you know this has to happen. You have to pay your employees their paychecks. You have to pay your your food vendors typically put you on COD quickly when you fall behind. So unless you pay them for the, for the food coming off the truck, you're not going to have food to sell. Your landlord gives you five days notice and sends you a notice to quit if you're late on the rent, so you have to pay the rent. And your utility companies give you a 10-day notice that they're going to shut you off. So everybody has to be paid on demand. The one thing that you end up with this fudge factor is you have your payroll on Wednesday. On Friday or the following Monday, you're supposed to make the payroll tax deposit. You have every intention of doing it, and then the cash isn't there, and you say, oops, I'll make it. Ne- I'll catch up next week. It's a bad, serious problem, but that's why it happens. It's because the business is not operating profitably enough. So on that issue, you have to make there's a time and a point where you have to make a very serious evaluation of what are you doing wrong in running the business, and is there a way of resolving the problem? Because if not, the business ultimately is going to fail. And Ken, it's not it's, always it's that like, they've done something wrong. Sometimes what happens is you have someone who finishes a large job, say they're finishing basements or they're. Um, they're doing snow removal for the city, and then the city files bankruptcy, and then they don't get paid. Oh, yeah, right. I don't. I don't mean doing something wrong like you're bad and you're like making a mistake, but like right. What, but what that is it's, it's the old adage when you when you well, I I sold it and I I sold the car and I lost five hundred dollars on it, but we'll make it up on volume. You know, it, you, there's a, comes a point when you're running a business you that you you must look at whether or not it makes sense to keep that business open. Versus risking yourself and your personal liability by effectively so, I mean, borrowing your 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 clients your employees' money. If it's a pizzeria or a Coney Island and you're running short, you need to do a couple of things. You either need to raise prices if you can if you can accomplish it and cut keep the staff. Business. Cutting staff is difficult. When Negotiate you to, with the landlord. You got to have cooks in the kitchen. You got to have. We adjust the menu to make sure that we're using in-season things. And you need to generate more traffic. Correct. You need and to sometimes marketing. Sometimes we can look at it and we can say, okay, well, there was construction this summer, and that's how you got behind on this quarter. It still makes well, sense in to Michigan, continue. We never have that problem. Well, right in front of the restaurant, you know, and and then yeah, there's other times seasons, where we look and we and say, it's been three years and you've not made a profit. Is there a specific reason that you can pinpoint it or is it just you don't know how to do that? And okay. then we can help you figure that out. So you need to try and figure out a way of resolving the shortfall that's occurring. But let's talk about, first of all, payroll taxes versus income taxes. 
what I know we've talked about on the show, income taxes are are dischargeable in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Income taxes are dischargeable both in a Chapter 7 and in a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. What about payroll taxes? Payroll taxes are never dischargeable in bankruptcy. They can be treated in a bankruptcy and possibly, and you would have to repay payroll taxes in full over the lifetime of either a Chapter 13 if you're personally assessed or a Chapter 11 if it's just on the corporate level, but they do have to be paid back in full. All right, so here's an important distinction. When Unless we, you, that's only with respect to a bankruptcy, hey, Brian. Hey, right. Jenny, correct me if I'm wrong. When we've talked about tax problems on a 1040 income tax problems, we've identified three strategies of dealing with a tax problem. We've said the offering compromise is a formula that we can use to try and resolve the tax on small dollars for the amount of the tax based upon the amount of assets you have, based upon your income and dissipated assets. And so there's the offering compromise remedy. We've talked about bankruptcy as being a remedy to discharge the taxes. And then we've talked about alternatives where we'd put you into installment payment plans and things like currently not collectible and strategies like that. In payroll taxes, you have similar issues, but you have to take away the bankruptcy option. Correct. The, the only option um, for payroll taxes that gets taken away is the Chapter 7 bankruptcy. We still work it the same way if you qualify for an offer and compromise, if it's an installment agreement, if it's uncollectible. Sometimes, for whatever reason, we get you an uncollectible or a very small installment agreement that's never going to pay the liability within the statute, um, and the remainder gets written off. There's all sorts of options um, to, to deal with those uh, issues. Okay. Now, when Jerry chose to form his business, he had to make a decision. Because when you decide to engage in a business, rather than being a W-2 employee, you have to choose how you're going to operate your business. Here, you have four choices. You can be a sole proprietor. You can be a partnership if you have a partner. Two or more people engaged in business for profit is the definition of a partnership. Or you can operate as a corporation or you can operate as a limited liability company. What's the distinction? Why is one better than the other? What 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 processes, what's the key point here? Well, you know, if we're we're looking, of course we want to limit liability, but if we're also looking at the tax aspect, if I were Jerry and I were sitting down with him at the point in time where he's initiating his business, I would likely recommend to him that he be a subchapter S corporation for both of his entities, the pizzeria and the Coney Island. And what does that accomplish for him? So he's going to have, based on the new tax laws, the 20% deduction on pass-through income. He can limit his payroll taxes by reducing his salary and taking some of that as a dividend. And then he's also going to uh, limit his liability and his exposure to other creditors. There is a downside to limiting your, by ta- for taking dividends, though, it's a balancing test for that because you do have to take a certain amount as income when you're a subchapter S. Absolutely. And second, the le- the more you take as dividend, less the less credit. Social Security that you're going to pay into the system, the less Social Security you're going to have available to you when you reach retirement age. Now, yeah, so w- if you go because if you do that over the 30, 40 year period, you might end up with a Social Security uh, payment of 
$2,000 a month rather than three at age seven. Well, and that's Correct. the biggest mistake most people who incorporate themselves as S-Corp makes. I actually see the two big mistakes that they make. One is that they get to the end of the year and they've not included anything for wages, which is a bright spot for audit right now. If you are, you, you can't just take the full amount as pass-through or as dividends. A portion of the uh, income is going to have to be wages and you have to pay payroll taxes on it. What if you're an LLC, though? Instead, there's, there, there is no- self-employment right you have to pay self-employment but there are no quote-unquote wages there's guaranteed payments though Uh, correct and then the other issue is that oftentimes people say well my business isn't doing as well as i thought it was i can't afford accounting i'm just going to forget my sub s election and i'm just going to file a regular schedule c to my personal 1040 tax and that's not something you can do once you've made that election you have to follow through with it you can revoke it for future years, but you can't retroactively revoke that election. What if you didn't make that election when you formed your LLC and you or, want your, to? or your S-Corp? Okay. There, there's, there's certain things that we can do to get a late S-Corp election. Usually you have to do it, I think, by the 75th day of the year in which you want to make the election. But there are some exceptions um, to where you can request um, that they accept a late sub-S election. But if you've got a couple of years where you were not a sub-S, then you can elect into sub-S status going forward, but you can't get it as retroactive treatment. So, yep. But if you didn't choose the sub-S election you are, and you formed an LLC instead, you're just going to be an LLC. Period. Yeah, well, that's okay, because at least an LLC is a pass-through entity. The thing is, if you formed a corporation and didn't make the sub-S election, then you're going to be what we call a hard C-corp, uh-huh. and the hard C-corp pays its own tax rather than passing through to you. The, the However, the nice thing there is if there's income and, and you can't move forward, at least the income doesn't pass through you, that liability would die with the company. Right, because the corporate tax liability is not payroll tax. Correct. And then it does. So that's that's what I wanted to kind of come back to because we, we kind of strayed a little bit off course there in, in terms of the discussion. Let's go back to Jerry for a second. He is a subchapter S Corp. He's behind $75,000 in payroll taxes. What is his liability as to the payroll taxes? Does he owe all of that money? So the corporations owe all of that money. Um, but personally, the portion that he he owes for is going to be the Social Security, the Medicare, and the federal withholding, and the state withholding that the employee paid. The only portion that he's not going to be held personally liable for is going to be the matching portion that the corporation filed. And I want to mention, it's very important how you handle, when the IRS wants to assess you personally, they bring you in for an interview. And oftentimes- Would people- you have to go? You, you do have to. How do you mean they go. bring you in? They, they handcuff you? They, uh, they, drag they you schedule in? a meeting <laughs> they, they and they ask you to show up. If you don't show up, then they'll issue a summons. If you ignore the summons, there's last chance summons a court, then the U.S. Marshal comes out. So, so I get this summons. Should I just show up or do I need to? Do I need help? Uh, I think you need assistance. And here's why. is most people that I meet with, you know, in Jerry's situation, I would tell Jerry, you are absolutely going to be held liable. Somebody has to be held liable. But depending on how you answer the questions, you might make your office manager, your bookkeeper, 
your daughter, your son-in-law, other also people liable. also liable just by how you answer the questions, even if your response isn't full. The easiest example is when you say, who pays the bills? And you say, my daughter. Who writes the checks? My daughter. Uh, who determines what creditors to get paid? Oh, my daughter. I don't handle any she of that. She does all that. Right. Whereas it may be that- Now, it, now Jerry's made his daughter liable and Jerry's correct, liable for the where same the caps. appropriate answer might be, my daughter pays the bills at my direction. I have a list of bills that she's supposed to pay or she calls me on the phone and I say, yay, nay, yay, nay. That's that's different um, than who's actually in control and making the decisions. Here's an interesting question. So Jerry's running the business and he withholds the FICA and the federal withholding and the Medicare from the employer's employees' uh, uh, checks. And he doesn't have all the tax money to send into the IRS. He has enough to pay the employer portion, the employee portion, excuse me, but doesn't have enough to pay the employer portion. Can you send the money to the IRS and say, this is the trust fund tax from my employees. I just don't have the rest of it. Now, there's a catch-22 there, Brian, and, and I've kind of gotten a little argument with the IRS and have some appeals going on this issue because you're required to make the payments online through the electronic federal tax deposit system. Online, you can't direct where the payment goes. And the IRS has gone so far as to take your timely made payment that would have pay paid it in full, and then they're moving the portions to the trust fund to other periods. They're not charging you penalties. Well, what if you mailed the check in and said it's for trust fund? You can do that, but then you're penalized for not using the, the electronic. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's case, a catch-22. But the penalty yeah, but would go against the corporation. Correct. So, so it would be good for Jerry, at least personally. I've got two cases on appeal saying you shouldn't be able to move those payments once we make a full payment for for that. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So let's, all right, we, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to, towards the last segment of the show. I want to say, okay, Jerry has this problem. He's behind $75,000. Jenny, how does Jerry, what do you do for him to solve the problem? Before before I say that, I want to go back to one thing on, on that summons in that interview. Jerry would be insane to go there by himself. You do not go and sit in front of an IRS collection officer who wants to take information from you by yourself. It's too dangerous. You are in foreign territory. You need to have someone representing you to show you, school you on the right way in which to respond to a question. You can answer a question honestly, but there's a right way to answer it and a wrong way. And we go over, there's a form that the IRS uses. So I go over that with my clients ahead of time. And they also say, I'm going to sit next to you very closely because you're going to get nervous and you're going to start blabbing. When you feel me kick you, just be quiet. <laughs> and I do kick them. Wait, you don't say, why are you kicking me, Miss Lingo? <laughs> <laughs> I or, haven't had anyone say that yet. But uh, ouch, I'm, <laughs> is there a mouse on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do because oftentimes you get nervous and you just keep going. All right, so how do you, you know, in a couple minutes, how, what do you, what's Jerry's strategy to stay in business and to get beyond the $75,000 problem? Correct. So the first thing we do is I ask Jerry, when are your next federal tax deposits due for your current payroll? He tells me, I say, great, you make that. I don't care what else is happening. You make that. And then you make the next one. We're not going to do anything on the back. Then we fill out some forms and we dot our I's and cross our T's and send in a processable request for a collection alternative, whatever that may be. If I can say you're compliant, i.e. you filed your returns and you're paying your current tax deposits, provide the appropriate documentation and ask for a collection alternative, they are precluded from issuing any levies until they make a determination and we're allowed to appeal. How long does that process take? 
Well, it depends on the revenue officer. I have some who take two years, and I have some who take two weeks. And like, what? what's the usual outcome of that? When you're asking for a collection alternative, what are you asking for? A payment plan or a it time depends to pay on, the money it, or it, it offering compromise? It absolutely depends on the specific taxpayer situation. Sometimes it's a payment plan. Sometimes it's an offer and compromise. Well, give me Jerry. He owes 75000 in two companies. What are you going to ask Well, for? if he's not making any money, we might be asking for $100 a month right now. Okay, so a payment proposal. But meanwhile, he's staying current on his current Correct. Taxes. So, and then what we usually like to do is then, that might be our first plan, is to just get the IRS out of our hair, and then we determine if there's other things that we can do to resolve Jerry's problem. So is it fair to say a payroll tax problem is a resol- is typically a resolvable problem when handled the right way? If you go with someone who knows what they're doing, a payroll tax problem is is very very resolvable if you try to do it yourself it gets very complex and you think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing all all the time I'll have people say I was working with him I was doing great and then all of a sudden he levied my bank account my accounts receivable and now I can't make payroll yeah you gotta be very careful you didn't do it all right let's (laughs) let's do announcements and then we'll do a little wrap up at the end want to remind our listeners watch the tv version of on reality every sunday tv 20 11 o'clock a.m. Also, go to their website, lawandreality.com, and enter our free monthly contest. We give away a $50 Visa gift card, Law and Reality hat, and a copy of Dump Your, uh, my book, Dump Your Debt, every month. We've got two seminars coming up. On Wednesday, November 7th, 6 to 7.30 p.m., the seminar is called I'd Rather Eat Turkey Than Be a Debt Turkey. Brian's shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, I am shaking my head. I, I love that title, Brian. Listen, listen, I love Thanksgiving and I think we do a wonderful job presenting at the seminars. This is not your best title. I think for it's a one seminar. of my best. I don't want to be a debt turkey. I want to eat turkey. And anyway, the seminar is going to focus on how we preserve future income for you and your family using debt resolution solutions outside of bankruptcy to get rid of credit card debt. Also, how a Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy can work to your advantage how to deal with loan modifications. Jenny's going to do a presentation on tax problems. Attendees get a free copy of my book, Dump Your Debt. Sign up at thavgross.com, lawandreality.com, or call 888-235-HELP. Then on Wednesday, December 12th, 6 to 7.30 p.m., give a smart gift to your family and estate plan. We're going to go through all the steps that we use and talk about with regard to estate planning, durable power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, using a living trust and a pour-over will, how to avoid probate, and how to deal with a probate fight if you get in, in, in the middle of one. You, you came up with that all that gift for your family thing Christmas time. You watched that. You must have seen that Peyton Manning commercial where he's hawking life and you know, I'm going to bring in red bows. Each Peyton one's going to get Peyton Manning listened to our announcement for the seminar and stole it from us. Okay. All right. Then let's we're, get that straight. Attendees get a free uh, $300 gold certificate off the cost of any estate plan. You want to sign up at thavgross.com, lawandreality.com, or call 888-235-HELP. Remember, that's Wednesday, December 12th, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Also remember, you can always come into Thavgross for a free consultation. Debt issues and estate planning issues with Brian, tax issues with Jenny, business issues with myself, elder law issues with Pat Zamasco, disability and workers' comp issues with Jeff Kirshner. You can just go to the website, request a free consult, and we'll contact you to schedule it. Or you can just call the offices anytime at 888-235-HELP. 
Also, go to the websites, check out our free reports. We've got how to save your home from foreclosure, business formation, loans and grants for small businesses in Detroit and Michigan, Retiree's Guide to Social Security from Pat Samasco, and the newest report that will be up any day now is coming is called Resolving Tax Problems, The Real Solutions, written by Jenny and myself. It is a Trust me, it is a terrific report providing all the information that you do not receive when you try and typically find out how to address a tax problem. I want to thank our sponsors, Thav Gross, Samaska Law, and Kirshner Law. we got a couple minutes left. Jenny, Brian, let's go back to Jerry's problem. So Jerry has a solution. His solution is he's got to start getting current on his payroll taxes. That's number one, right, Jenny? Absolutely. Then he's going to go and he's going to ask for a collection alternative. You're going to go and deal with the IRS collection officer as a way of taking care of the 75000 that is owed by the company. What about, is, is Jerry going to be assessed personally for those taxes? He's also going to be assessed personally. So then we- For the trust fund For portion? the trust fund. So we would also be addressing what his collection alternative would be as well. And how do you do that? Uh, well, for for Jerry, if it, it depends on what the business collection alternative is going to be. If the business is going to full pay it, then we're not as concerned because Jerry's portion is going to disappear. Well, let's say you came up with this strategy that the business is struggling and it can only afford a hundred bucks a month, and it's got a seventy-five thousand dollar liability. What, Jerry is- might qualify for an offer and compromise. He might qualify for currently not collectible um, or a very small installment agreement. So we so, might we might just do an offer for both of them. So you could maybe keep the company going at a hundred bucks a month or on an offer, you, and then you treat Jerry separately yes. on his circumstance, Absolutely. even though it's the same tax. Correct. Do, can the government collect the tax from both of them? No, they. It's only going to be from one or the other. So the only um, thing that they collect twice is there is interest on the trust fund once it's assessed against you. All right. So here's the bottom line. Payroll taxes is a serious problem. It's not uncommon for a business to fall into that problem when it's a small business, but you need to address it. You can't ignore it. If you ignore it, they'll end up levying on your bank account and closing you down. Way to address it is come in, talk to Jenny. She can handle it. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Law & Reality. Thanks for tuning in.